0: hey yo, Leonie Dawson, refuse to be categorized, the podcast, motherfuckers, welcome. Gonna have we- to, woot, we- woot, we're gonna have to explicit rating that one, that's gonna be good. Um <laughs> Welcome back, queens, this is the Leonie Dawson with the Zeta, my um, okay. full-time paid troll, my part-time assistant. <laughs> um. And we're going to be doing another one of those Ask Leonie Anything episodes. If you want to have a question answered in an upcoming episode, you should email support at LeonieDawson.com and say, podcast question in capital letters in the subject. And maybe, maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, First things I should say before we begin... The My Brilliant Business Life Academy is doubling in price at the end of November. So that's the place where you get all of my business and marketing e-courses and workbooks and templates and so much stuff over $8,500 worth of shit. And you get it for under $99 a year, but only until the end of this month. So go to com forward slash academy. And now I'm going to answer your freaking questions. <laughs> awesome.
1: So. Um, I have a selection of excellent questions, mm. and the first one that we will start with is from Anonymous, and they ask, do you ever do market research, or do you mostly follow your own intuition and ideas?
0: Mostly, like, own intuition and ideas. However, I do also ask, like, my people Hey, what would you like to see a workshop on next? Um, And we poll, especially like in the academy and stuff like that. We always like we poll people and ask for suggestions and stuff like that because. Um, often those things align and if there's something that I don't want to teach about we can also like find guest experts to teach on that topic as well like there's some people that we've got for next year that are teaching about like Facebook ads that pay for themselves and profitable funnels and e-commerce businesses and they're things that aren't my special interest or I don't have a huge amount of experience in so totally cool that we can get guest experts in to do those workshops instead.
1: Yeah, and um, in the Academy too, there is a link um, for people to submit their sort of requests and ideas for courses or topics, um, which we then put into um, a list in I think we've got one in Asana and then there's also a section in Notion um, which we use as well. Um, So we've always got kind of a pool of ideas to – to select from
0: yeah I'm also a big fan of like minimal viable products so like to test an idea that like you can't just go oh would you buy something like this because everyone will be like yeah no like like nobody gives like a real indication so the only thing you can do is create an offer and see like how it sells basically um and then I uh, just do the like the most minimum viable product in order to be able to release it. And you can expand on it later. There is a book um, called The Lean Startup using the MVP principles, but it's fucking boring. And it also just like belabors the this, belabors this same point over and over and over. You can just read an essay about minimum viable product and you will get just as much content out of it without wanting to actually die from boredom. Sorry if you wrote that book, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll get wrecked. Whoever wrote that book—it was <laughs> Eric Reese or some shit like that. It was some white dude, so I
1: don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Laurie asks if you were starting your business today, what would you do to build an audience? Same thing as I did to do it it's like okay
0: what do I want to create and how can I share that with the world and also like I'm a big fan of the two-page marketing plan I teach about this in the academy I've talked about it in a last podcast episode as well it's a very simple idea of like okay where are my people already hanging out how can I get in front of them and what can I offer them that whether that's free or paid that would be you know a home run for what they're needing right now
1: Perfect. Um. So Michelle asks, when you first started your business and published your first workbooks, did you self-publish and print your own books or did you use a publishing company and print externally? Uh, I go through
0: this in a lot more detail. So if you're interested in that, go to like, you can go, you can get 40 days to finish your book. And that's like my book writing and publishing course again in the academy. Da, 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 da. Uh, but <laughs> Um, basically, I started with self-publishing using well, one when I first began, I just sold it as a PDF because they're, like this is back in the olden days of 2009 when dinosaurs still roamed the internet. Um, and so I just sold it as a PDF online for a couple of years, and then I found CreateSpace, which has since become. Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing Service. I printed through there. um, And then I went through a phase of self-publishing by um, doing massive print runs through a publishing house in China. And then um, went on three different boats to three different countries. And we had distribution houses in the US, Australia, and Europe. (laughs) And that was a massive undertaking in order to do that. Like, you know, it was like half a million dollar investment and incredibly stressful, like 25 staff or whatever, especially when, you know, we have a product with books that is highly time sensitive, like people are it for Christmas or they want it for New Year. So um, that was like you know, you bring in a lot of revenue and there's some really good parts to that, but ultimately it just wasn't like a fit for the kind of business I like to run. Um, So we went back to self-publishing for a little while. Then we got a publishing deal through um, an American publisher and I like, I'd always thought like, yeah, you know, getting a publishing deal is like the be all and end all. And it's just not like, I remember my accountant calling me and going, um, like, where's where's the royalty like checks? Like, and I was like, babe, we've already got them. And she's like, but that number's so small. This makes me sad. And I'm like, uh-huh. It also makes me sad. And I had a fucking great publishing deal, guys. Like my agent was like, This is the best publishing deal I've seen. It was like very small in comparison to what I'm used to seeing in with self-publishing. So um, so we've gone back to just self-publishing um and using we use amazon's kindle direct publishing service amazon as a company you know its founder is not without its faults um and you know i would love for every single business decision i make to be you know absolutely 100% the ethical and right one however we have tried so many systems now we've tried create space and lulu and not um We've tried it like, yeah, there's a bunch of services that we've tried. Zita probably, um, she's got the face of, yeah, I've had a mental breakdown from those experiences. Yes, that's (laughs) correct. Because it's very fucking stressful. (laughs) Sometimes the word workbook makes me flinch because (laughs) we've gone through so much. Um, So this is just the one that is the most doable for us right now. And I also make that decision knowing like, okay, well, I'm not going to always be able to make exactly the right ethical choice that I would like to make, but if I can proceed ahead on this route, then I can also redirect some of our overflow into philanthropy and that kind of stuff and make a difference that way. So that's kind of like the decision process for me.
1: Yeah. And we also, we keep, you know, every, every year as it starts to get to workbook season, we do look into other options mm-hmm. um, and so as soon as other options that are both, you know, an appropriate fit and also more ethical, well, we'll swap. Totally. Um, and once it won't did-
0: fuck up all the orders, that would be incredible
1: because we've had that before. Your breaths. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's in the past. <laughs> Do you remember that time um,
0: that um, we went through a publishing mm-hmm. house and they sent somebody instead of sending a the book they sent her a, a a beautiful print about um her dead husband speaking
1: to her through the clouds it was it was instead of the um the old the wall planner instead of printing off like an a an a2 like sized like the size of the like tapestry that's behind you instead of printing off the wall planner it was this anime and I mean, it was lovely. Lovely. Was, and the art was beautiful. It just was what she ordered. And also, I was like, how do you mix these up? This is a very big thing
0: to mix up. And I'm like, she also didn't have a husband, dead or alive. So
1: was confused no, all around. It really wasn't relevant. And the email that she sent it was so polite. It was so like, kind. How, like, I just. I think there's been a mix-up. And I was like, no, you don't need to say I think there has been a mix up. Big old mix-up. Big old mix-up. And this is the thing, right? Like, because we like
0: when we partner with these companies to put you know to print and produce and send out the thing so we don't have to have all of the staff to do it ourselves. Like there's a huge amount of trust. Like you up aligning your your brand and your like your whole thing with this company and when we get to a company that for whatever reason does not have great quality assurance and the little whoopsie daisies like that happens sometimes you're like oh holy fuck and amazon without its it it has very few of those problems which i'm very grateful for it's really nice to, to send dead husband pictures to people
1: yeah and i think as well like obviously everyone makes mistakes And if that, and if that had been the only issue or, you know, one of few issues, then that would have been fine. But it was, it was 50 to 60% of people were receiving the wrong workbook, the workbook that had the biz cover, but was a life workbook or the other way around, or they'd receive one workbook, but not the others that they'd ordered. And and it was, it got to a point where I was spending three to four hours a day in our own customer support inbox, talking to people who had received incorrect orders. And this went on for four months. It
0: was theory, And it was horrendous.
1: Yeah. Like it was, it was just, it was, and, and people were having a really bad time and it was not you know, and, and we, we do have really good customer service and, but at the same time, at that point, it was just me. Mm. So it just, it wasn't, um, it wasn't an ideal situation.
0: Yeah. Cough, cough, Absolutely. Lulu. Fuck you. <laughs> Lulu. Yeah, Com. Was- That's a call out to you for kind of yeah. being like this was a few years ago guys so I just want to be clear this is a few years ago maybe they like maybe they fixed some of those issues um but yeah it was it was definitely like it was it was just incomprehensible like I haven't seen a company that would just send out that many wrong things and mess things up and they were good about fixing things like they would like you know they would immediately send out express like the right thing but it was just like how many times they got it wrong and surely their profit margins just have been absolutely borged from it. Um, And also like, you know, we want to make sure that people have an amazing experience. So we want to make sure like that we do the right thing by people. We want to make it up to people. If there's any company we've aligned ourselves with that, like haven't provided stellar service and the right thing. So yeah, it was, it was a lot, it was, big lesson so anyway I could like talk for genuinely years about the kinds of things I've seen in the publishing industry like you know like the time I had to threaten to call the police because we had a distribution house in America who was like keeping our books hostage and refusing to send them out and we had to like (laughs) send a fucking truck across America with volunteers like we paid them but um to go and rescue these fucking books and through a pop ap- apocalyptic snowstorm it was insane so anyway it's been it's been a whole thing um our, our process is very simple now you can just buy the gold workbooks on amazon and they'll just ship it to you and nobody will
1: have a mental breakdown in the process so hooray so ideal um did you before i move on to the next question did you say that you started the workbooks in 2009 yeah yeah, I was 16. Shut up. Shut up.
0: Susan. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody needs to hear
1: that. Nobody needs to hear that. I needed to hear that cuz it made me laugh.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. It's like it's like my beautiful friend Maddie who's nearly 20 years younger than me and we were at Tash Corbin's conference and um Alanis Morissette's um song came on, you know, it's an ironic. I am like, "Yeah, you know everyone's like just absolutely jamming up and Maddie just so sweetly turns to me and goes I have even heard of this person who is that mm-hmm. and I'm like oh it's a it's a Lana she goes no nah. not not even a brain cell met a brain cell did not no recognition no oh. recognition <laughs> Al- do you know who Lana Morissette is please yes I, yes I well do yes I think fuck yeah <laughs> is she like a gay icon she's not is she yeah, I mean, I'd like for you to speak on behalf of an entire population of people. But is she like an indie Kylie? Do you think is she like Lady Gaga, um, but of that generation? I, You're gonna Google that. Will Wikipedia yeah. answer
1: it for you? That's well, that's what I'm looking at. I I think she is like um like a bit of a queer icon. I think she's okay. queer herself. As she? got on, her. Maybe, or maybe not. I don't. She did know. a brilliant song
0: um, during the pandemic, which I really loved. It was about parenting, and about like her her mission in life is to keep the light in her children's eyes alight. And, and I just, it's fucking good. It's gold. Alanis Morissette,
1: icon for the yeah, queer well, and non queer. Yes, I also I think. I, I'm not sure if she's queer actually the thing that made me say that was because there was an article that was like when did she come out Ah, uh, um, yeah but then I clicked then right. I clicked on it and it was like she signed a publishing deal at 14 and I was like I you... think we have different definitions of the words come out <laughs> different <laughs> okay, covers. Um, yep yep um nice. so um thanks
0: Michelle thanks for being so young Zita I appreciate you Oh, you're welcome.
1: Mm, mm. Finger, you? paint,
0: finger paint, finger emoji. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, Michelle asks, "What were your early days of business like?" So think back to when I was like fourteen. Oh 16. fuck off, Zeta. Get fucked. <laughs> Honestly, you can get fucked. No, because my like, early
0: days in business were like 2001. How old were you then, slut? Eight disgusting absolutely
1: disgusting yeah um yeah eight yeah my mm, sister was born in 2002 and I'm nine years older than her so mm, mm, I love that I
0: love that for you um (laughs) okay so my early days in business were honestly I just look back at them with like just so much joy in my heart I fucking nailed that part of my life who really did like the maiden part of my life was just awesome so I was like 21 ish um, twenty two. I don't know. At some point, I was something. I was an age, and um, I started hanging out on message boards, specifically the author Sark S A R K, who wrote the book Succulent Wild Woman, which is just incredible, phenomenal, and I think every person should read it. Have you read the Sark books yet? Fuck off, Cedar. Fine, I'll send you some. This is what <laughs> you've made me do. Pro- okay, just. Wow. Oh, is,
1: is this how is this how I get presents out of you? Now I just, do you Ooh. know what I also haven't read first edition Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> uh. Uh, I'll send you a list. <laughs>
0: uh. I'll be a book dealer, honestly. Like, yeah. It is appalling that you don't have it. I actually have a Sark book just sitting on my desk um, that I've just bought, again, off Amazon for the millionth time because my new Pilates instructor mentioned that she hasn't read it. And I was like, oh, fuck off, as if. Well, I'll fix that for you. Um, so got that ready to go. Nice. <laughs> what was the question? This is why uh... I'm, you're here on these podcasts because I never remember early days of business oh that's right okay right. so suck message board amazing brilliant time and so I was just sharing my artwork my stories alive connecting with people like making friends I'm still friends with so many people on there um from the from that time and it was like wow like look at what I could be and you know I was like in early 20s and it was just so thrilling and then as part of sharing that journey, people would ask me like, oh, can I buy an artwork from you? And I was like, holy fuck, people are like spend money to do something, to like buy something that I actually fucking love doing anyway. Like that's incredible. Um, so I, um, started selling that way and then I kept on like going, oh, what else could I do? What else could I do? And I was working full-time at that point. I was working for the Australian government in Canberra and, um, just trying out all the different things. And I knew I would want a create like I wanted a creative career and I wasn't sure how to make that happen. And I remember so, like some big turning points were when I realized that I needed to learn business and marketing skills in order to earn money because I was not born good at it. I was I'm born really shit at it. And uh, so it was a conscious choice for me to learn those things and start trying them out in business. So I did heaps of things like, I did wedding and portrait photography. I have a 100% success rate on every single med- wedding that I photographed. They've divorced now. So <laughs> you know how to call if you want to get divorced. Mm-mm, this girl,
1: this girl. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should, your new project should be divorce photo- photography.
0: Maybe. Where that you go dynamic.
1: Yeah. It would be entertaining.
0: <laughs> mm. i mean it, w- it would keep me entertained nonetheless yeah it makes and some, me it makes some good tiktoks <laughs> right <laughs> and then what you could do right is you could like say that you're the photographer's assistant right but then just take popcorn and they'd be like yes and then what happened yes
1: oh, i'm there i'm a prop. i'm a prop to get the real emotional reactions, so that you can get, take the good photos god did if people were like, wow, how do you guys work together to come up with ideas? It's like this. <laughs> it's and this. And then what happened? Just like you
0: just hook, like you just you just keep on fishing for more hooks, you know, just like, and then what else? Really? And how did you feel about that?
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So I tried all the fucking things. Um, and it just kept on growing over time. I didn't end up leaving my business, like leaving my business government government job until like 2010 when I was um nine months pregnant with my um first daughter. And that's where me and my husband took the leap into being full time with my business. It, it'd be I'd built it up to six figures by that point. And um yeah we've been just kind of keep on making things ever since. We just prioritized being with our kids as much as possible and with each other and um and just making stuff and
1: helping people. So it's pretty fun, honestly. Uh, Casey asks, how do you spend your 10 hours a week now that your business is out of maintenance mode? Ooh. Um,
0: so less kind of just staring at a wall wondering you know like oh I wonder what I could do to amuse myself today I wonder what random side projects I could come up with Zeta's laughing because she knows just some of the absolute skullduggery I'll behave like I'll get into if if I'm not focused like oh you know what I'll do I'll write I'll just make these insane little drawings shall I (laughs) um So now I'm just being a little bit more intentional with my time and a little bit more focused. And how can I like create things that point towards stuff I've already made to sell? Because I've done a really good job of making a lot of shit. Um, I haven't always done a fantastic job at selling it. So now I'm just like in the process of like making sure that I talk about more of the things that I've created now. And be like, hey, this could actually fucking help you. You should do this. So um Ten hours a week, usually about two hours are spent in um, doing interviews or meetings or recordings, things like that. If I'm doing a course, a lot of my creation time, like a lot of my time spent in course creation mode, um, I'm in launch mode at the moment. So most of my time is spent in marketing and sales and uh, creating free content to point to the paid content, basically. Yeah. Do you have
1: any Um, insights outside of that? um, I don't think so. I think you're, because we've now got two other assistants, I think you've been able to sort of cycle back purely into more creative focus. Mm. Um, So you'll create something which then, you know, gets handed to me and then I funnel it through to the other assistants to, you know, be like, okay, let's create social media posts if it's a video that you've created or a course, someone will go in and, you know, create 30 to 60 second reels from the course that you've created. So we've got a much better flow now, um, which means that, you know, you have much more flexibility in terms of, okay, I've got two hours that I can work today. What do I want to do? As opposed to being stuck, being like, okay, well, I need to do this, this and this, like, mm. Yeah. You've got more freedom.
0: Yeah. I think uh, a few th- a few things help like firstly I do want to clarify we have talked about this before, but we've got four, like I've got four part-time assistants now, they're all contractors, all together. They're less than a full-time person. It's just um every like so everyone kind of works part-time hours. Um and I had a second topic I was gonna say. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the idea of like, you know, like Michael Jordan uh you know in order for him to perform at his best like he can't be out there like selling all the tickets and then washing the floors and um you know designing all the uniforms like at some point he's just got to like just turn up do his job which is like hitting the home runs like no that's the other that's another shooting ball
1: analogy. the three-pointers three
0: good 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 <laughs> yeah. sports analogies and me are like fucking that love that um <laughs> Yeah, so trying to like create more space because there's there's certain things that only I can do, nobody else can do in the company. Like only I can do live streams. Only I. Well, I mean, other people could theoretically write sales emails, but it tends to work better if I do them. Um, creating content, coming up with new ideas, and also making sure that I am not burnt out. That's a really important piece of the puzzle as well.
1: Yeah. Um, now this has been a question that we've had a few times in the Facebook group and also, um, had feedback for as people want to course on. So I'm curious Ooh. to hear your insight. Um, and that is, it's everything about YouTube. So a lot of people's questions are what tips do you have on starting a YouTube channel um and sort of how would you set a YouTube channel up and what would you sort of use it for?
0: Sure. Uh okay, so the YouTube space has I mean changed quite a lot. So if you want to be a YouTuber and earn money just from that, um I would specifically look at Ali Abdal, A-B-D-A-A-L. Um, he has a course about it called part-time youtuber academy i think he's one of the smartest people to learn from even if you just watch his free videos i think they're great uh i think what it comes down to is this um one editing is a really important part of the puzzle you, like you could just like 10 12 years ago you could just get up and do fuck all in terms of editing and lighting and all that kind of stuff um if you want YouTube to be your thing, Bob, you're gonna to have to up level on that in terms of editing um and lighting and set up that kind of stuff. Um you also of course you would have to be fairly aware of the algorithm, what are you know, how to like tag it and label it in order to get the most amount of views, the sort of lengths of videos they're looking for. You definitely want to be cognizant of um, the kind of like content that you want to create. Now, the thing that I think Ali Abdali is quite smart in is he, he recognizes that it's risky to put all of your income in Um, just getting the YouTube creator payouts because that will vary hugely from year to year. And if anything happens to the algorithm or happens to YouTube as a platform, um, your entire thing is at risk. So he, like me, um, really puts focus on building his mailing list and also having products outside of that as well. So I think he's a clever one to, to look at
1: brilliant um and so i've got a few questions from linda here um so she asks how to how what are your tips on how to be yourself in business rather than who you think people want you to be
0: oh um i feel like i don't really have any advice on that because it's not something that i think about do you have any advice on like from an external point of view or not should I just um, come up with some
1: shit <laughs> I think I think it's um people people are really good at picking up when you're inauthentic mm. um especially and, and I don't mean that in the sense of like if you are comfortable just you know going live or um, going into your business and just kind of ad libbing everything. So like everything that you see that Leonie does, like very few of it is um actually scripted. Um, you know most of what um I'd say like ninety eight percent of the course videos that Leonie does, um, they're all off the cuff. Um, it's none well of they're it's- all
0: notes. Like I have like just bullet point yeah. notes, and then I know like you can give me
1: four words and i know exactly like three paragraphs to say on it yes so so but still not scripted as such so you can create fully scripted content um and still be able to put your own personality in it mm-hmm. and you can create unscripted content with you know prompts with such with notes um and still be fully authentic i think it's just a matter of just knowing what it is about yourself that people connect to. So, um, for, for me, my big thing is that, um, I like being funny. I like using humor. Um, and I feel like people connect to that. So if I was to create content, I would try and imbue my personality through it, through the use of humor. Um, so I think recognizing your sort of strengths and what people connect to, and then, putting that into the core of your business um, probably would be a good start, I think. And just practice as well. Mm. The first time you film a video, you're going to be stiff. That's normal. You know, the the 1,000th time you film a video, you'll be far more comfortable. Um, That's true. So, you know, just when I was first, you know, I would film, videos for you know there's a few videos in the academy that are by me um and you can you know the videos that are in there that I've filmed three years ago for some of the modules um it took me six or seven times to film the video because I kept getting so awkward whereas now I don't care
0: <laughs> you're just awkward
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah it, just, just, it, is what, it is what it is
0: it is awkward yeah it is awkward, it yes. is awkward. um so, I I think that's true. And also like, I think for me, it was sort of like a decision. Like I had like a public service career. I could have stayed in that knowing that I couldn't really be all of myself there. You know, like there were certain limitations. I pushed a lot of those limitations as my old boss Lily would know. Um, Did I really behave myself? Mm -mm, No. Um, Did I cause quite a few cacophonies? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, But it was like, I still had to behave in a certain way and so when it came to my business which was just my fun little side hobby did I really want to like carry that over like that requirement over fuck no that sounded really boring and it just sounded illogical as well like I want to have a creative career so I can be all of myself and have the most amount of fun and the way that I know that the way to do that is by being myself And it's also something that I've definitely like learned more and more over time because there was definitely things that I did not talk about in the early days and did not feel comfortable with sharing whatsoever. Um, You know, especially the harder past that felt much more difficult to share. And when I went through postpartum um, depression and anxiety in like 2011, I remember a friend saying to me like, one day, Leonie, you will actually you'll talk about this and you'll write about this and you'll share about this publicly. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? As if, as if I ever would, like who wants to hear from a business coach or a life coach who's like struggled so profoundly in this area. Um, And then, you know, a year later I was, you know, at, at the point of being healed that I did want to share about it. And I also wanted to help people who had gone through it or we're still suffering and still going through it I wanted to offer up my story in service of that and the response I got back was so profound and so beautiful I was like oh holy shit like I'm always want to share about fucking difficult stuff um not just the good stuff
1: you know yeah absolutely and I think everyone's authentic self will look different um so you know, someone might find that sharing that much isn't for them. And no, that's fine. Totally.
0: And it like, like it's changed. Just... It's changed for me. Yeah. Like I don't share about my kids and my husband online really anymore. Like I don't share their stories. I don't share their picture. Um as like as much as possible just because I I don't feel like I have like their full consent to do that. And it's also my story to tell. I don't want to tell the story of who my children are. I
1: want them to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um. So uh, Linda's next question was um, how do you finish something before starting the next great idea? Okay. Yeah my rule is it's like it's got to go out and do its
0: job before I can. Otherwise, they just all pile up and it becomes very overwhelming. And it's got to like for me, if it's a paid thing, then it's it's got to make money. I've got to like actually do a proper kind of launch for it before I move on to the next thing.
1: Yes. And we do uh, in the Academy next year, I believe it's Katie Rose is teaching a guest expert Yes. workshop on how to finish what you start yes. um so you can jump into the academy um I think we've mentioned prices double at the end of November so um you've got like 22 days left to get that workshop which will be out next year along with like oodles of other courses and workshops
0: it probably won't even be 22 oh, days it'll probably be like 15 days by the time this goes
1: out maybe less oh yeah true it's yeah. 22 days if the day that we're life, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh linda also asks uh how do you manage all of the great ideas you have without starting everything at the same time so how do you pick which one to start with oh um, there's a few mechanisms.
0: Usually I get people, like if you're confused about what booked, to write or e-course or whatever, I just get people to pull out a piece of paper and I say, okay, just like you've got 30 seconds, write down as many as you can right now. And then circle the top one and then just do that one. And because the one that you've written down first is probably the one that is the most important. And now that like you guys probably didn't take that piece of paper out and you're like, Oh God, what am I am? What am I going to write down for the first one? so your head's going to go up your own asshole. So I just wish you'd have paused before I'd said that, you know, and just actually done the fucking thing. Just pick the one. Like it doesn't matter. What matters is actually just do one, put it out in the world. If it's the one that's going to make you the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Great. If it's the one that's closest to getting done great. If it's the easiest one to do, great. I don't care as long as it gets done because once you get it done, you get momentum and it helps you put the next project out in the world. And it's so much better than staying fucking stuck. Also, if you haven't already, you should check out my free book called The Wild Donkey Guide. No, The the Guide to Riding Wild Donkeys. It's about how to get your projects done faster. And it's why I teach like how to create and sell your e-course in 40 days and how to finish your book in 40 days. If you give yourself a really short, sharp deadline to get a big project done, um, that is going to work so much better. They're going, I'll take the next 12 months to do it. I'll oh, fuck off. You'll die from boredom and wander off into a piece of woods and just be like, oh, I forgot what I was doing. No, you've got 30 days. You got to the end of this month. Fucking
1: do it. Absolutely. And I will just say as well, something that was really helpful for me as a neurodivergent person was, was being told like, you can just do the one that lights you up the most. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Cause often I get stuck with, Oh, well, I should probably do the one that will make the most money or will bring in the most X, Y, Z list members or, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's also a great way to kill momentum mm. because then you're, you're setting yourself up for that kind of demand avoidance. And so picking something that's fun and that is going to like light you up, that's mm-hmm. even if it doesn't make you much money, it, like you said, Leonie, it, it kicks off that momentum. So if the first thing that you make is really enjoyable, but it doesn't sell anything, but it then gives you enough momentum to do something that maybe wasn't as enjoyable and that makes you money. Great. Mm-hmm. Like, chase that dopamine baby wherever the dopamine is attached to a project great we love that yeah and last question um also from linda um how do you work out what to hand off to your assistant um <laughs> anything you, like to you don't want to do correct
0: ding <laughs> ding 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 bitch ding 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 <laughs> and now aren't you a happy little camper because now whatever you don't want to do you give to your assistants.
1: It's the best and I fully understand why you do it. Oh <laughs> my like, I've never been happier. <laughs> I'm like, oh a horrible little task.
0: <laughs> Fucking task. Enjoy
1: that guys. Let me know
0: if you've got any questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great.
0: Um basically like again it's like that whole Michael Jordan analogy what's actually going to keep you doing the thing like that is really important. That's going to make you the most amount of money. Um, And also like I always say to people like before you hand anything off, decide if it's actually important to do or not because it costs you money to delegate. So it's best for you to, um, yeah, it's best for you to decide if it's really that critical, really that important. And then systemate it as well. So before Zita hands on any task, she will create a loom video on how to do the task, answering as much questions as she can preemptively. And we keep that task, we keep that loom for next time um, it needs to be done so that that doesn't, like nobody needs to be trained on that again. The training is already there. So that's systemation helps as well um also like you know in the beginning days of your business you can't just like outsource everything and there's still some fucking dirty work that I have to do like do I really want to have to go through our zero and reconcile our accounts of like (laughs) where shit has like what category shit goes in no I don't but it's important for me to do it as a business owner so I fucking do it anyway I put my big girl panties on and I make Cedar sit there and watch me do it
1: and I'm just grateful that I don't have to, <laughs> 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 because I draw the line at having to do <laughs> any financial stuff. I don't mind doing my own. Like, <laughs> bleh,
0: bleh, bleh. oh my god, see, have I shown you this? Um, this was like you can get these kits, these Lego kits, and they're ten dollars from Big W, and they're unicorns on rainbows. That's cool as I know ten bucks, and by. My- Nine-year-old made it for me, and I fucking love it. I couldn't love it's it more. It's so cute. It is so cute. And I have it because I'm a hippie, of course. Um, I have it on like a little selenite um, tree of life and grave crystal to really magnify its unicorn you know, powers. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah, you should, you should run to get that. Or oh, just want that part of your Christmas present along well, with the- other questionable products from retirement
1: aged websites i am trying to declutter before we move oh now. okay oh that's Please. right
0: oh okay no that's fine remember <laughs> i did ask you before your birthday i was like did you want something large and breakable before you move and you said yes
1: Who's i a did say bit? yeah you did but, say yes but now i'm lit by the lamp that you got me so it's ah. yeah my golden um, light
0: um Something upon your face. I don't know. (laughs) Comes upon your face. Something. I don't know.
1: It just feels Uh, like there's a come joke in there somewhere. There is. And we can just say that the joke is in there and (laughs) you can work it out. It's a little puzzle, actually. Oh, there you go. That's how that's what gets handed off to me cum jokes that we can't think of that's right that's right assign it to someone quick there's a cum joke in there we haven't quite worked it out if
0: anybody out there who's listening to this and you just know like oh the golden light light no it's right on the tip of my tongue yuck yuck i hate this i hate this i mean you can always report it to hr if you've got any issues
1: Mm, mm, mm. yeah HR doesn't like it either
0: (laughs) oh okay and so should HR like talk to management about it
1: Mm, HR has talked to management management Mm. also doesn't like it Mm. yeah but like the joke joke being that I am HR and also management (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah and like is this an appropriate like workplace to work Mm -mm. incorrect none zero Right. Is it funny?
1: Yes. Yes. Everything's okay. (laughs) Yes.
0: And that's like its own kind of fringe benefits, right? It's when everything is funny. Like there's always a punchline somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just sometimes we can't find it, but we know it's there. We
0: know it's on the tip (laughs) of our tongue. (laughs) tip of our
1: tongue. I hate it. I hate it.
0: (laughs) This has been really good. I'm really proud of us. We've actually nailed this. Um Okay. Final things to finish up. Uh, one, me and Zita did a wonderful fucking live stream about changes we've made in the business this year. You can check it out on my YouTube page or Facebook page. You can go check that out. And of course, the Academy is doubling in price at the end of November. So um, if you want to get all of my courses and workbooks and resources and guest expert workshops and all the fucking stuff to help you grow your business, I'm literally giving it a fucking way, guys. I'm giving it away for over for under $100 a year, $99 a year US. Um, yeah, eight and a half grand of it. I don't sell anything else. I'm not going to like upsell you into some high-level mastermind. No, I'd rather just give you all the fucking shit to succeed now. I've created over $13 million in 10 hours a week. I have a shit ton of fucking trophies for winning business awards. Um, And I've created a pretty fucking nice life for myself. So you should go check it out, leoniedawson.com forward slash academy. I genuinely don't know what else I could do to make it more amazing than what it actually is because it's the best fucking offer out there that you'll ever see. And that's what I have to say about that. Zita, have you got any closing words?
1: Uh no.
0: <laughs> Good. Good on you. Good on you. Pithy, profound. I'm glad we're finishing that. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> welcome. All right. Ba 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 ba